On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla wins a legal battle against the Ontario government in Canada. Another case brought by Tesla shareholders gets thrown away. Tesla has a new product they're about to sell and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. It's episode 161, that's a palindrome, for September 2nd, 2018. To my left, the curled up into a cute little puppy ball, Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who's just about ready to fall asleep. Lots to cover this week, even though I'm recording early, so my apologies in advance if I miss any big news on Friday, or I guess by the time you hear this, if I missed any big news on Friday. Uh, I felt it best to record a little early rather than uh, a little later than I wanted to because I am going to be doing a panel at PAX West, the gaming convention. Uh, it looks like it'll have already happened by the time most of you hear this. But yeah, that's I'm gone all day Friday for that. Won't get back till super, super late at night. So I thought, well, I better do the show on Thursday, get it to the Patreon subscriber, Patreon backers, I should say, a little sooner rather than a little later. And guess what? As usual in the world of Tesla, still plenty to talk about. Uh, first, I wanted to tell you a little bit about my first big driving weekend with my Model 3. Now that it's back from the detailer, it's ready to go. So a uh, few things to get to note, I guess. I did see my first other performance car on the road, Performance Model 3, though I had to go to a supercharger to do it. It was, it was at the uh, San Mateo Bridgepoint Parkway Supercharger. That's I used to live not too far from there, and so I just thought, well, let me go over there and see where in this parking lot it is, and it was over sort of on the side, front side of a, of a Target there, which, uh, which was cool, and it's not buried too far back. It's in a nice visible area, and when I pulled up to just top, off, top up after this errand I was doing, I saw my twin, my twin car, another multi-coat red performance model three with white interior and the 20 inch wheels. So I uh, parked next to him and it was just, like I said, I was just there to top up for a few minutes, just kind of checking out, thought, well, I'm near this supercharger. Let me, let me visit it. Just, you know, I want to see how many superchargers can I visit over the life of this car. So checking and checking one off the list. And yeah, I took a look. Uh, this car's VIN was about 120 or so after mine. So uh, this person's car was probably built a day or two after mine. And thankfully, right, right as I was just finishing up my top-off charge, the gentleman and his, uh, his uh, either wife or girlfriend came, came back out, of the, uh, out to the car. And he was excited to see my car, just like I was excited to see his car. It was really great. We, we talked for a few minutes and just compared a couple of notes. And uh, it just, you know, it really reminded me of my DeLorean days in the sense that just I felt this instant spirit of community. And it was, it was mutual. It wasn't just, you know, me wanting to talk to this person. He wanted to talk to me too. So it really felt great. It was super cool. Love that. And, uh, and yeah, so that, that's, I never really thought about that with, with regard to superchargers that they are inherently little mini community meetups. Now, not every time it's going to, it's not going to be like that every time. A lot of times I'm sure people don't really talk to each other and maybe they're just 
trying to get on their way. But I, I just like the idea that <laughs> by default, all of you with a common interest are being pulled, just magnetized to the superchargers, as it were, and it gives you an opportunity while you're charging up, while you're waiting to talk to other owners, strike up a little conversation. I think that's really cool. I think, I don't know if Tesla, you know, necessarily planned that intentionally. I mean, a supercharger just does what it needs to do, but I think it's a fun side effect of supercharging. So uh, another thing, on the way to that errand, and, and thus uh, before I went to that supercharger, I, I, I rolled up on, on the freeway to another red Model 3, and this, this got me excited because... I have been waiting to encounter other Model 3s since I got mine. Like, you know, I'll be able to be able to, you know, just acknowledge the other person and just, uh, you know, give them the Model 3 wave. So sure enough, I was coming up on this on this guy uh, and, and his family and their car and their red red Model 3. And uh, I could tell just from the way he was driving that he noticed me because he kind of backed off a little bit. So I came up next to him, looked over. We both looked over at each other. I gave him the Model 3 wave, the OK sign, and he gave it back. It made me so happy. It sounds like the silliest little thing, but it got me so fired up. Again, it just reinforced that sense that I was part of this community. It really, really felt good. And I have to say, not to get too selfish or narcissistic about it, but afterwards it got me thinking, like, he returned that Model 3 wave so quickly. I wonder if there's any chance that that gentleman was a listener of this podcast. So uh, if you own a red Model 3 and you were heading south on 101 near the airport last Saturday and you exchanged Model 3 waves with another enthusiastic red Model 3 owner, that was me. So so there you go. Uh, then another, I, I did a, we did a big drive, took the family. We drove to Napa, which was about an hour and a half with traffic, even on the, even on the weekends here in the Bay Area. And I have to say, it was, it was, I'd been waiting to do something like that until I got this car. I'd been waiting for that, something like that for years. And I finally got to do it. And I, it was great. I used autopilot most of the way. Uh, autopilot has mostly performed brilliantly, I have to say, through curves, through lane changes, through uh, people merging in front of me, and just really it passed most of the tests with one significant exception that I want to mention, not only as a, maybe a, for lack of a better term, a word of warning, I don't want to say it too dramatically like that, but more so if anyone from the autopilot team at Tesla happens to be listening to this, I'll tell you exactly what it was. So if there are any uh, autopilot team members listening to this, they can go recreate it if they don't already know about this. So I was on the Bay Bridge heading east, and it was about 1230 or so here in the, you know, summertime, obviously. So that, that tells you where the light was. And there were, there were, uh, just bits of light coming through the, the sort of slits on the bridge going right onto the far right lane where I happen to be the, the far right eastbound lane. And it, uh, just for however it worked out this way, the, the, the bits of sunlight that were coming through were almost exactly, they looked exactly like lane markings, basically, like the dashed lane markings. And I had autopilot on, and autopilot freaked out and was like, take control immediately, red alert. I had never, I hadn't seen that yet. Because uh, I could see on the screen too, it just, it was completely confused as to where the, 
the line was for the lane. It thought that those the reflecting sunlight patterns was the the line, uh, even though. But that was so. It thought I was basically on and and over and straddling the line, so it freaked out. So uh, I didn't know that that sunlight could do that to autopilot. But there you go. So just something to that it, it's got to be such a freak example of that that I can't imagine most or hardly any of you would ever run into something like that. But just word to the wise, I guess. But we we got up to Napa. It was a great drive. Had lunch at this uh, place I'd been wanting to go to for a while. And it was cool. I got I got a really good street parking spot with nobody ahead of me, nobody behind me, just like between, well, between these two business driveways. I had just plenty of room. And uh, it was cool. I, I saw... Right when I got out, there was a couple that that stopped and were checking the car out and asked me, "Oh, can can we take a picture?" And I'm like, "Sure, go ahead." And and I saw, you know, as we we're kind of walking away and and walking around, I saw other people checking the car out in a in a very like enthusiastic, you know, happy way. They were they really seemed to enjoy it. Uh, that it just made me happy. Again, it totally reminded me of my Delorean days because that stuff happened and happens all the time if you have a DeLorean where, you know, cause it's such a rare car and it's, it's, it's so recognizable from back to the future, of course, but it was, it was, it just rekindled a lot of great memories of having that happen again in this new car in the model three. In fact, at one point on the way back, uh, I traded thumbs ups with a, 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 a boy who had to be maybe like eight, nine years old because he, he his, his family's car passed me by on the right lane. And so I could see him out of the corner of my eye because his window, his backseat window was all the way down and he was like hanging out of the car. He was just checking out the Model 3, you know, very, uh, not particularly subtly as, as kids do. And so I, I looked at him and I just gave him a thumbs up and he gave me a thumbs up back. And it just, again, it was so... It's just joyous. That's really what it is. That it's just super joyous. And I I those of you who already own Teslas know what I'm talking about and those of you who have yours coming still you're going to you're going to experience it and it's going to be fantastic. So that was that little adventure. And then the next day, last Sunday, I took the car to let's just say an undisclosed location that I knew well that would be safe to do some uh, zero to 60 runs. And the reason I wanted to do that is because as I think I mentioned two or three shows back, I bought a draggy, the, uh, the little, it's a little GPS that connects to your phone, the phone's GPS and, and this thing. And it basically it's a performance measurement tool and it's apparently reasonably accurate. It's even got built-in leaderboards. So you can like, you can see me on there. My username's ride the lightning, all one word. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, it was a flat spot. It was just, it was just like basically the perfect little spot to do this. And so I did a few zero to 60 runs. First one I did was 3.5 seconds, 3.50. So just dead on exactly what Tesla advertises. Did a couple more that were right there. And then the best one, I think it's my second or third one was 3.49. And it was, it was totally flat ground. The draggy knows that it measures elevation. So it'll tell you if it's an uphill slope a little bit or a downhill. And this was 0.0, totally flat. So uh, that was super fun. And I'll tell you this, if you're wanting to get one for yourself, just a, another <laughs> word to the wise, two things. One, um, putting your headrest, or put it, pardon me, putting your head up against the headrest uh, 
actually for me, I thought it kind of intensified the feel of the acceleration, even though, you know, when you're doing that, you know, your head's not getting whipped back because you've already got it right there. But I think it's because you can basically feel your head being pressed into the seat along with the rest of your body. So it was kind of, that was a, that was a fun added to the roller coaster like sensation. And then the other tip I'll pass along is in the instructions, it says you're ideally, they want you to mount the draggy in the car somewhere. And it turns out there's a good reason for that. I was like, well, I don't want to mount this thing. I've, I'm, I'm not going to use it all the time. Uh, there's a good reason for that, though. I, I put it on the dashboard and nailed nailed the accelerator, and the draggy went flying in the back seat. But it still worked. It still worked. So uh, there you go. So just a word to the wise on that. And then the one other experience I wanted to uh, tell you about before I get to the news, and, and by the way, I'm open to your feedback here. You know, these, I'm excited to sort of share these experiences with you. If you'd rather I do them at the end of the show and just get to the news first, I'm very open to that. But for now, I'll just try it this way and I'll wait for feedback. Anyway, uh, I'm having my, right now, I'm in the middle of my first experience with Tesla service. What happened was I happened to notice I was taking something out of my trunk uh, last week, or maybe be- very beginning of the week, maybe it was. It was after I recorded the last show. I think, and I found there was a little, maybe an inch or less hairline crack in the taillight housing on the right taillight, just in the housing itself. So I thought, okay, well, that's clearly just some sort of defect. I mean, whatever. I'm not. I'm, I made a service appointment right online through my uh, the the my Tesla page. Nice and easy. Couldn't have been easier. I got an email from someone at the service center saying, "Hey, could you send us a picture?" So no problem. Here you go. And I, you know, I just was thinking, great, this is going to get totally taken care of, no problem. To my unpleasant surprise, I received an email back that said, uh, from taking a look at your picture, we can see uh, what appears to be paint damage near this, and, and thus there clearly was, there was an impact here, and so we're not going to take care of this under warranty. If you want to purchase the taillight housing, you can do that. If you want to make an insurance claim, you can do that. And and it's just I was really taken aback by this because this is a brand new car. This is my first service experience. And I wrote back and I, I said basically exactly that in a in a very respectful and, and courteous way. Uh, and just explained that I, that I was like, well, no, I there's paint protection film there, and you're seeing either the the edge of the film or there's like I think there's like a little bubble there that that uh that there's a, you, I've got a follow-up appointment coming up with, with uh, the detailer to, to take care of those. He has a way of taking care of those. And so I explained that, and then the reply I got to that was a little, a little disheartening. They said, okay, well, well, we'll make a one-time goodwill exception and replace this under warranty. And I, I was just like, well, hold on. That, I, I didn't say this is just my inner monologue now. It's like, well, th- hold on. That's y- Yes, you should take care of it under warranty, but you're no this is not you're not doing this you're not doing me a favor this is a defect in the car so you know if it's either just a some sort of defect in the housing itself or you know the that particular part maybe or it's possible i mean something at the factory could have bumped into it i mean i i i wrote i sent a note to to jeff the detailer and i said listen just be honest did, did this happen did anything happen at your shop? And he and I completely believe him, 100%. No, no, nothing happened to the shop. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was just kind of disappointed at how Tesla handled that. And I wrote back and just said, well, you know, I appreciate you taking care of it. And I just 
I really like uh, I really like you guys here on on this thread. There were actually a few Tesla folks on the thread to to take a look at this when the car's there. In addition to just the service technician, I'd like I'd like you I'd like you all to see this in person. So when I dropped the car off today. I ended up having to leave it because I'm also having two other things came up. Well, one, I had put a note. Um, I may have mentioned this to you guys in my delivery show. My right headlight, uh, there's a there's quite an overhang on it uh, from, from the, the bottom of the headlight over the fascia, whereas the left he- headlight is pretty flush all around. So I had mentioned it at delivery. They had told me there. They, there's nothing they could do about it there, but if I wanted to bring it up at a service appointment, I could do that. So I thought, okay, well, why don't I, why don't I do that and see if there's an adjustment that can be made? And sure enough, the service tech today said, yeah, I think we can, we can take care of that for you. So that was good. He, he seemed confident. And then the other thing I ended up, I ended up having to leave it. Um, I'd been hearing a sound as the car was moving the last couple of days. And I was like, and I thought, well, hopefully this is just a rock wedged in the tread. Now it was a nail, huge nail. Um, so I'm waiting to hear as I record this, whether or not it's going to be pluggable. Uh, it is right in like the center of the, the, the tread. Uh, so it's, it's not on the sidewall. So that's a good sign. Also, I didn't lose any air. So that seems like a good sign as well. So cars there. Uh, and because I'm in Seattle tomorrow, I won't be able to pick it up till Sunday, uh, Saturday morning rather. So I'll let you know how this service appointment ends up turning out. I, I will say when I got there, they treated me great. They were awesome. But yeah, I was a little disappointed I didn't get to kind of further resolve the the taillight housing thing. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed because I, I feel like if you're doubting that it's that it's a warrantyable claim, which I get that Tesla has to guard against false claims. I totally get that. But you know, it's it was just a, a pic an iPhone picture. I, I feel like they could have handled that a lot better. They could have said, listen, you know, we need to take we can't guarantee that this is oh, that we can uh, replace this under warranty. We'll need to take a look at it in person to look to check the whole area and verify. I would have accepted that, but yeah, for them to just jump straight to, hey, this is we're we're not going to pay for this. We're not going to replace this. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to pay for it. I, you know, I'm a brand new customer. The car's brand new. You know, I feel I was a little disappointed that they didn't give me the benefit of the doubt on that. You know, so I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, anyway, uh, let me move on here with a quick correction from last week. I got many, many, many calls and emails about this, so I'm going to let Corey from Southern California speak for all of you on this, but I do genuinely appreciate the correction. Here's Corey. Take it away. Hey, Ryan. This is Corey from Southern California calling from my Performance Model 3, uh, red with white interior, just like yours. Hey, you were talking about Volkswagen. Uh, they had a commercial or radio spot talking about promoting electric vehicles. That is most likely due to the lawsuit where they were forced to put out these commercials, uh, install charging stations, and do all this positive EV news. So just uh, just want to let you know that it was it was not because they wanted to it's because they were forced to because of the the diesel gate um, conduct that they they did so all right that's all i have uh thanks uh, love the podcast keep doing what you're doing so thank you Corey and everybody i learned something this week i did not know that that was part of the volkswagen group punishment 
for Dieselgate. I'm always happy to be corrected because, again, it allows me to learn something new. And, and by the way, I'll just add, I think that's a really good punishment. And by the way, I think the commercial's good, too. If, you, if you've seen the video, I think it's a good commercial. All right, let's move on with the news. A judge this week ruling in favor of Tesla in the Ontario lawsuit. Uh, fittingly, by the way, uh, credit here, Ontario resident Trevor Page of Model 3 Owners Club, giving me the heads up and, and getting me all the relevant links for this. So I want to start by uh, sort of reading you some parts of this decision. So, the, quote, the decision to exclude, this is from the judge, the decision to exclude Tesla by limiting the transition program to only franchise dealerships is arbitrary and unrelated to the purposes of the statutory or regulatory discretion being exercised. In my view, it is egregious, as that term was used by Dixon J. above, because not only was it made for an improper purpose, but because the minister singled out Tesla for re uh, reprobation and harm without providing Tesla any opportunity to be heard or any fair process whatsoever. Remedy. Tesla asks that I set aside the limitations of the transition program to franchise dealers. However, doing that effectively reshapes the transition program and requires the government to find subsidies to fund subsidies to Tesla's customers. I am not prepared to make such an order. The government's counsel argues that the inclusion of only franchise dealerships is part and parcel and inextricably intertwined with the terms implemented to construct with uh, to construct the transition program. I agree. If the government wants to transition out of the electric car subsidy program, the minister must exercise his operational discretion in a lawful manner. He has yet to do so. I therefore quash and set aside the minister's unlawful exercises of discretion to implement the transition program announced on July 11th under the blah, blah, blah. So there you go. That is... Uh, the details there, again, um, uh, you have to have listened, I think, to last week's episode to get the background on this. But I'll tell you, as I said last week when I, when I did initially cover this, this seemed to be a pretty clear-cut case, even to a complete non-lawyer and Tesla pro-Tesla fanboy like myself. Because the fact that Tesla was able to use the Ontario government's own words against it to make its own case spoke volumes, I thought, and clearly the judge agreed. If I'm interpreting the judge's decision correctly, now this certainly isn't going to bring the program back, but it does seem like it may allow Model 3 order holders, uh, S and X, I'm saying Model 3 only because S and X are actually too expensive to qualify for this program in the first place, but it seems like, it, yeah, it might allow those with Model 3 orders who take delivery by September 10th, which is that transition period that was laid out for everyone else, to hopefully get their rebate. I really, really hope so, uh, because the government, in my humble opinion here, really did its citizens wrong on this one. And that was Tesla's whole point in this case. You know, it th Their point was, wasn't, hey, bring this back. It was, hey, it's fine if you're going to eliminate the program, just do so in a way that's fair to all parties involved. So uh, glad to see that victory for Tesla because at least it it will set a legal precedent to uh, to hopefully prevent this from happening in the future. At least in Canada, I mean, it, the, their laws certainly don't don't translate here. But anyway, uh, in other Tesla legal news, 
a seemingly fairly silly lawsuit was in fact thrown out. A group of shareholders had filed suit against Tesla for intentionally misleading them about the Model 3 production ramp. Reuters reports, quote, In a decision made public on Monday, U.S. District Judge Charles Breyer said that while shareholders claimed that Tesla fell short of its production goals, quote, federal securities laws do not punish companies for failing to achieve their targets. The judge also noted that intentionally misleading shareholders would be a problem, but that the plaintiffs were unable to show evidence of that. So a small part of Tesla's drama with its shareholders, because as we know, most of that drama is with the short sellers. A small part of the shareholder drama comes to a close with this. You know, Elon has talked about production hell. This is what this made me think of, is the production hell. And I wonder what Elon would say as to where they are in that production hell now. You know, uh, are they up are they up to the first circle all the way, you know, up and almost out? Are they are they out? Are they d- still deeper in that production hell? For some, for some reason, this is like a this is like a weird stream of consciousness thing going on with me here, but for some reason that that now reminds me of a song lyric by one of my favorite musical artists, my one of my favorite bands, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, a wonderful independent Arizona band. If you remember the refreshments from the 90s, their big hit was Banditos, and their uh, their other claim to fame is they wrote the theme song to King of the Hill, the very, very well-known Mike Judge show that ran for many years. Anyway, they, they basically reformed, most of the band reformed as Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. But there he has a lyric that says... The best way out of hell is through the other side. I actually think about that lyric from time to time in my own life, and I wonder if Elon would agree with that, because that seems to be the path that, that Tesla is taking, that Elon has, has charted for them, probably because there's no easier way. that They do, in fact, have to go through it to get out. But um, So yeah, another, another lawsuit, another legal victory for Tesla there, and... Uh, Production ramping up, but clearly not to the level of satisfaction to the shareholders that that filed this lawsuit. Next up this week, Tesla had a new product on their website. I'll talk more about that in a second. And it's not a car. It's a new portable charger for your phone or other USB-charged accessory. Say hi to the Tesla wireless charger. It's 65 bucks, and it looks pretty kind of like a teeny tiny power wall. Here's the product description before it disappeared. This is via Tesla site. It's quote, the Tesla wireless charger is a 6,000 milliamp or 22.2 watt hour battery powered inductive charging pad that features the same design language used in our energy products like Powerwall. In addition to wirelessly charging your device, you can also power up your phone with the integrated USB-C cable. For non-USB-C devices, use the USB-A port to plug in any USB-A charging cable. The built-in USB-A char- uh, cable can be used to charge your wireless charger from any USB port. End quote. So that's the description. So there's a catch that I've been not so subtly hinting at here in this little bit, is that uh, somebody appears to have maybe jumped the gun because it is gone from the site. You can't search for it. You can't find it. 
it's not there. So I suspect it'll be back very soon. I, I can't. I have to imagine it'll be formally released in the not too distant future. Now Tesla is still selling the power bank, which if you haven't seen it, is a similar device, and that's it's it doesn't do Qi wireless inductive charging, but the power bank is forty five dollars, and uh, so I wonder if if they're going to phase that out, or if they'll cont- if they will sell both of them once the wireless charger comes back online. To, to have basically a wired and a wireless charging version. On a related note, by the way, um, the Jada wireless charging pad folks reached out to me this week, uh, which I'll, I'll tell you about in a second. And that conversation, that email reminded me that I never gave you guys an update on my experience with the Jada wireless charging pad. You'll remember, I before I got my car, I had taken it to Michael from Milbray's uh, house and his his car, and we we put it in his, and I had mentioned, oh, it's it seems great, it looks great, seems nice, good quality, but it uh, it slid around. It just did not. It was not firmly in place, and it was super annoying that it slid around. Well, they reached out to me to tell me there are sticky feet. <laughs> to and in in Michael and I's defense, the the little feet. It, the cover over that sticky, the sticky feet was clear. So it was not super obvious. <laughs> so once we found that out, well, sure enough, uh, his works great now. And then, uh, I, I got a, uh, I got his and so we just traded basically cause mine arrived first and we tried it in his car. So it, I peeled off the sticky feet and I put it right into my car, right when I picked it up from the detailer, uh, you know what? A, whatever. A week ago now, we two weeks no two weeks ago, and it works great. It stay it sticks in there fine. So that did it. I'm pretty happy with it, and it seems to charge at a reasonably decent rate as well. Like I set it in there, and pardon me if I feel like now I'm repeating a story from last week. This is bound to happen from time to time, but um, it, anyway, it seemed like it charged at a, at a decent clip. The one thing I will say is I had the 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 lid open to that to that pad uh to the pad in the center console and i did a zero to 60 launch and it, it the phone went flying because it you know it wasn't plugged into anything it was just sitting there charging wirelessly so that was that was like well i guess i maybe should have expected that um i closed the lid and tried it again fixed the problem so there's that uh so this isn't uh, i will say just for total transparency uh I do like this, and I, I like I said I did order it with my own money. They did not send me uh, one for free, so I did purchase it. So uh, the, the, because I had spoken nicely of it uh, initially, and now even more nicely now that I realized my own dumb error with installing it, the Jada folks reached out and said, uh, "Well, hey, here's here's a link you can give out on the podcast, uh, and if people order it through that link, I'll get a couple of bucks through it. Like it, it still costs the same to you." But it's just they'll they'll give me a they'll give me a couple bucks. So uh, if you do end up wanting to buy one, uh, you, if you if you wouldn't mind th- considering uh, doing it through this address, it's getjada.com, g-e-t-j-e-d-a.com, slash ref as in referral slash eight the number eight. So getjada.com slash ref slash eight. Uh, no pressure. If you don't want to, it's fine. It's no big deal. But um, you'd be helping me out a little bit if you choose to do that. 
Our next story this week is for security-minded folks out there. I'm definitely, a, I, I'm very paranoid about locking everything all the time, securing everything. In my opinion, you can just never be too careful in today's world. Um, but this is a thing I don't think I'm going to do. We'll see how over time, but I'm going to tell you about it here. Tesla is adding an additional optional level of security to the entire Tesla fleet. You can choose, you can put in a PIN number if you want that has to be entered before the car can move. So even if someone got access to, to your car, they wouldn't be able to move it without this code. So this comes, the story is via Electrek, hat tip to them. They say, according to the release notes for Model S and Model X, the new feature prompts a pin to be entered on the center screen before enabling the capacity to drive the vehicle. In order to activate the feature, owners have to go in controls, safety and security, pin to drive is the name of it. Tesla also wrote in the release notes, quote, we additionally added support for improved cryptography in our key fobs for Model S to guard against other attacks, end quote. So this is on the, if you're curious, this is on the way to Model 3 as well. And Electrek notes that the extra layer of cryptography is already present in all the Model X key fobs and S fobs made since June of this year. So just in the last few months. If you've got an older one, you can contact Tesla customer service if you'd like to get an updated fob with the, the updated cryptography in it. Again, I, I am a security-minded person, but I love, love, love the convenience of, of entry and, and exit with, with Tesla. And so I don't think I'm going to do this because I'm not, I have to say, I'm not super worried about a thief getting my car because I hope I'm not jinxing anything here, but any thief, in my opinion, who would be smart enough to get into a Tesla and, and take it is probably also smart enough to know that they're very easily tracked via the Tesla mothership or any, or the owner with their app. So, uh, that means the police can also track them very easily either via the mothership and, or via the owner's app, uh, that they can look at any time they want. So I'm not too worried. I'm, I'm probably not going to go for this, but it is there. If you, uh, if you, if it makes you feel good, if it's, if it's, if it helps your peace of mind, you'll be able to implement, you can implement it now on SNX and coming soon to model three. A couple of more stories this week, the folks on the Tesla motors Reddit. In fact, specifically, uh, this was posted by a user who goes by the username Houston underscore. We have a problem. And, uh, this, that's the original source, and then uh, I saw the story on Electrek that alerted me to this. Well, anyway, they, they dug up a patent application from Tesla that could automate turn signal usage. It's labeled Patent by Tesla to automate turn signaling using onboard radar, radar and cameras. This description comes from the application, quote, An embodiment includes a method of automated turn signaling, the method comprising determining via the processor that a vehicle will cross a lane line or turn based or turn based on a measured steering angle value that is within a value range stored in a memory wherein the car includes the processor the memory and the turn signal source and activating via the processor 
The turn signal based on the determination that a vehicle will cross a lane line or turn, end quote. I gotta say that I'm not a uh, an engineer or a scientist. This seems like something that would be really hard to get right, especially with a, with a high degree of accuracy, because the car seemingly isn't going to know when I might want a lane change. I wonder if it's if it's basically going to be capable of as soon as you even start to flinch, like, because a lot of people, you know, you can tell, like, if you look at a car in front of you, usually you can, I don't know, I can tell when they're going to change lanes before they change lanes. So maybe that's just something that they can teach the processor in the in the car, the autopilot uh, APU, and, and do it that way. I don't know. So we'll see. I mean, I... I would encourage anybody to call in if you've got any either ideas for this or thoughts on what it might be really good at or or maybe not so good at, like challenge air, potential challenge areas for for this patent and this this uh, application of it. And finally, this week, Tesla confirmed a suspicion within the community, and that is that the Model Three performance track mode menu that they have been letting some members of the enthusiast automotive media test out lately. The track mode is only going to be available on performance Model 3s that have the $5,000 performance upgrade package. The news comes via the official Tesla Twitter that writes simply, track mode will only be available with the performance upgrade package. Can't really say it any more clearly than that. And to me, it makes sense. I know there are some frustrated uh, standard performance Model 3 owners and order holders out there. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, you know, Elon has talked about how you really only need the upgraded sport brake package that's part of the performance upgrade package on the track, that that is really the only place it's going to come into play. So I have to imagine that the standard brakes that are on the 18-inch wheels are just probably, they probably are not going to make for an ideal track experience, at least as it pertains to the limits that you'll be able to push the car to with track mode. And we've talked about track mode uh, over, you know, the last few recent shows with the, like the road and track piece that, that detailed a lot of it and had some quotes from Tesla. So there you go. That is confirmation on that. Still don't know exactly when track mode will be released to the public. Again, I have uh, pretty much no intention of really using it anytime soon. I I like the idea of it, but I would want to get some performance driving lessons before I attempt anything like that that would put my car potentially at risk. That's it for the news this week. Stick with me right after the break. We're going to get to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Plenty of your excellent calls, your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. You guys always deliver every week with good stuff. Plenty of that lined up right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, the place for your questions, comments, discussion topics. I love this part of the show. Love hearing from all of you. Reminder that you can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recorder, record something. Please try to keep it to a minute, minute and a half tops, and email that file to me at 
teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in anytime, day or night, and leave a message on the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline. That number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do with them, or put them onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with our friend Mark in Simi Valley, who uh, wants to talk about, he has an idea for autopilot. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Mark from Simi Valley, California, calling to, for one, thank you very much for answering my question regarding the delayed updates for the Model 3 on your last podcast. And uh, fortunately, I've been receiving updates since then. I've gotten two since I've left you that that message. So that's great. Um, So which kind of leads me to my other question I had for you was with the latest release of the firmware version 2018.32.2, they've included the the two-week trial period for autopilot. Uh, Since autopilot was something I I chose not to to purchase uh, just because the rural drive um, long-range model was kind of pushing my budget already, I I decided not to get that. Um, But now that I've been using it, I can see that there's going to be times in the future where it'd be really beneficial to have that functionality. Say, for example, when you go on a, a long road trip or a vacation or something, so I was wondering if, if Tesla would ever consider having some type of daily or weekly or monthly subscription, like on-demand, uh, use for the autopilot. I, I think that would, you know, generate some some additional revenue for, for, for Tesla, for those people that would use autopilot on a limited basis, as opposed to uh, never getting it because they couldn't uh, or didn't want to front the the full 5,000 or 6,000 post delivery uh, expense for something that they may not necessarily use on you know all the time so just want to hear your thoughts on that and uh, thanks again for all you do for us and I'm really glad you got your performance model 3 back and I'm hope you're really enjoying it thank you very much bye-bye thanks for your call Mark you are not the first person I've seen suggest this which tells me that there's merit to the idea I certainly think there is. I mean, sure, Tesla wants to convert those $5,000 or, after the fact, $6,000 sales with Autopilot, but it would seem like offering a monthly subscription could not only recoup some of the money that they wouldn't get from people who didn't or couldn't buy it, but I think it could be really beneficial for people leasing their Teslas. Uh, The big question would be, what do you charge that makes it worthwhile for Tesla while still making it palatable to subscribers. Uh, The real answer is probably a lot more complicated than what what I'm about to say, but let's say uh, you want to make as much money on it via subscription, if not more, as somebody who buys it up front. So let's say $5,000 and let's project that over five years. That is $83.33 per month, which means I would suspect that Tesla would probably could probably get away with charging $99 a month for it. Would do you think would that work for you? I wonder would that work for people? I don't know. I mean, that's $100 a month, $100 per month for autopilot. Um that's interesting to think about. You know, I don't know. 
but I do hope Tesla explores this option if they're not already doing so internally. Thank you, Mark. Our next call comes to us from Kendon, who uh, wants to talk about something cool that he saw. Kendon, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Kendon from Texas. I had a couple comments and a question for you. Uh, first off, I wanted to say congratulations on you getting your Model 3. I've seen the pictures, and it looks amazing. Uh, my second one was I've finally seen my first Model 3 out in the wild. It was a little smaller than I was expecting, but all around it looked like an amazing car. It was a nice gray color. Uh, my question for you was that um, since Teslas are electric vehicles, I figure there's not much maintenance required to uh, a Tesla versus a standard ICE car. You know, being that ICEs have oil changes and a few other things like that. I was wondering if you could actually shed some light on what maintenance is actually required for a Tesla. Because um, I figure it wouldn't be much. So, anyway, thanks for the show. I appreciate it. Thanks. I am happy to answer this question, Kendon. Uh, Tesla just wants you to check in about once a year. So, you could even stretch that to once every two years, I think I I've read that to get your battery pack looked at and make sure all of the cells in the pack are healthy. Now the cells are aligned in the modules for a number of reasons. This is one of them. So they can replace a few of them rather than the whole darn pack if, they, if you have a problem with some cells. Other than that, it's basically just tire rotation, tire alignment, and windshield washer fluid. That's about it. That's what you're looking at with the Tesla. So hope that helps. Our next caller is Andy in Lemington Spa, who uh, he saw something cool as well. Andy, please tell us about it. Hey, Ryan. It's Andy here from Lemington Spa in the UK. I uh, love the podcast, uh, particularly recently hearing all about your uh, awesome P3D. I just wanted to tell you about a cool Tesla story that happened to me recently. Last week, I was driving around town in my car, coincidentally listening to episode 159 of your podcast, and on the opposite side of the road, I saw an awesome-looking black Tesla driving towards me. Was it a Model S? No. A Model X? No, it's too low. Wait, is, is that a Model 3? And sure enough, in my sleepy little English town was a left-hand drive imported Tesla Model 3, but on UK plates. I managed to do a quick U-turn and follow the car to snap a picture. It was a really surreal moment. It looked amazing on UK roads and actually really great in black. I don't know any more about the car other than it was registered on UK plates in April 2018. My town is really near offices of both Jaguar Land Rover and Aston Martin, so I have a feeling that it perhaps belongs to one of them and they're using it as a comparison car for their own EV programs. We often see camouflaged Aston Martins and Jaguars driving around. Um, it could just belong to a huge Tesla fan though, with enough money to import a Model 3. Uh, either way, thought you might like the fun story. Uh, keep up the great work and speak soon. First of all, Andy, you're in Lemington Spa, which I've actually been to. I've only ever been to the UK a couple times in my life. Uh, one of them was, re uh, gosh, oh my gosh, it was uh, like four years ago already. It's because the Forza Horizon developers, known as Playground Games, reside there. Forza Horizon being, in my opinion, the greatest driving game uh, franchise in at least the last five years, if not much longer than that. It is... If you like video games at all, you don't even have to like racing games. Forza Horizon is just a, an amazing driving game. You can play it and relax, or you can play it and compete. You can play it on, cooperate with your friends. It's, ugh, what, a, what a game. And 4, Forza Horizon 4 is coming out in uh, just over a month. Anyway, uh, Playground is 
as you probably know, Andy, in Leamington Spa. I've been there. It's a lovely town. I, I was quite taken aback by the castle. I believe, is it an 11th century or was it 10th century castle that you've got there? Uh, anyway, secondly, I would sooner believe your first hypothesis to be correct. In my opinion, anybody with the funds to import a Model 3 like that would probably just buy a right-hand drive Model S instead because the, the, the amount of money it would take to do that would put you right into Model S territory anyway. But, uh, so I suspect you are correct in that Jaguar or Aston Martin probably acquired that car for testing and maybe to try and reverse engineer it. We already know the Germans are doing it. We've seen photos of that. But of those two automakers near you that you cited, I would put my money on the culprit being Jaguar only because they have an EV program. They're making the iPACE right now. It's just coming out, uh, and Aston Martin, uh, I guess I could be totally wrong, maybe Aston Martin wants to start an EV program, but I'd bet my money that it's that it's Jaguar uh, putting this car through its paces. But boy, I tell you, Andy, what a sighting for you on that. And he, by the way, he sent me a picture as well as proof, not that I don't believe him, but because there must literally be just a few Model 3s in the whole of the UK right now. And Andy, you spotted one. So thank you so much for calling in to share that story. Speaking of sharing stories, let's hear from Bill in San Francisco, who got a little bit of an interesting delivery on his Model 3 recently. Bill, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Bill from San Francisco. This is the second time I've called. First time was when I uh, received my initial invitation to configure my Model 3 on my birthday, February 22nd. I put that off until the dual motor option was available and was able to configure the car about a month ago. I uh, didn't really hear anything, uh, no VIN number assigned, anything like that. And then received an email this last Monday, the 20th of August saying, hey, we could have your car to you as early as Thursday, the 23rd, which uh, shocked me that it could happen so quickly. Um, but it turned out that's exactly what happened. Uh, and I had a rather unique delivery experience. I've never heard of anybody having this happen, uh, which is that they delivered the car directly to my home in San Francisco. Um, I had a great uh, delivery uh, advisor, uh, Jen, um, and then the person who delivered the car, John, was also awesome. Uh, spent uh, Thursday just driving around, grinning, laughing, and enjoying the car to the fullest. So just wanted to share that with you. It is such an amazing vehicle, um, and I can't wait to hear other people's experience getting the car. Uh, so thanks for the podcast, everything you do. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Home delivery. Wow, that that's super cool. Bill, I'm curious to hear more about this. Did you have the option of uh, Fremont Delivery Center pickup or or home delivery, or was that just what they told you you were getting? I'm curious about that. And did the truck, because I, I live and work in San Francisco, my, San Francisco myself, so I'm going to ask you, did the delivery truck have any issue getting the car to you on tight San Francisco streets, assuming that you live on or near one, as uh, much of San Francisco is? And I'm also curious, did, did your Tesla, did your delivery specialist spend a lot of time with you, or were they in a bit of a rush to go deliver more cars? And, and on that note... Were there more cars on the truck 
or was it just yours? So yeah, I'm just, I wonder, you know, we, Elon did this, like Elon delivered somebody's car to their house. So I wonder if this is a sort of the next phase of, of testing that program or if this was just a one-off or, or what? I mean, from your call, it sounds like, it sounds like you didn't request home delivery. So, hmm, I'm, uh, I'm curious about this. We'll see how, uh, how, how the program develops, I guess, over the, in the coming months. Our next call comes, if I, if I heard correctly, sometimes it's a little tough for me to discern on the, on the, uh, the MP3s, but I believe it's Dan, uh, if I have that correct. He, is, uh, he has a fun story to share as well. It's, just, it's, a, it's a week of fun stories, both from me and from everybody else. I'm all for it. Uh, Dan, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. This is Danny from Portland, Oregon. I uh, took delivery of my Tesla early May and have been absolutely loving the Model 3. Uh, just wanted to let you know, uh, end of June, I was driving along and pulled up next to someone. They rolled their window down, person in the passenger seat. And he's like, oh, is that the Model 3? That's great. And then he gave me your Tesla Model 3 wave. And didn't even occur to me what was happening at the time until about 30 seconds later. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's what it is. Uh, so someone out there it has, has taken that up and is rolling with it. Thought you'd appreciate that. Uh, appreciate the show. Thanks for all you do. Yes, it's spreading. Even like I talked about at the beginning of the show with the guy that, that uh, returned my Model 3 wave. Uh, a couple people have written me, I want to note, noting that the, uh, okay sign doesn't mean the same thing, uh, in certain places outside of the U S I, and I hear that I respect it. I take it to heart, but I think pretty much everyone in the U S at least where most of my listeners are understands that the okay sign has a positive non-insulting connotation. So I guess I should just add like a, a bylaw to the model three wave rules. And that's don't do it outside of the United States, unless you've specifically double checked to make sure that, uh, no one will misunderstand your intentions with it. All right. Next up is our friend Matthew from Colorado, who uh, needs a little help discussing EVs and their their uh, environmental friendliness. So, Matthew, how can I help? Hello, it's Matthew here from Colorado again. And me and my dad actually saw the same commercial that you featured on your show last week. And um, he was talking about the batteries specifically and how they have lots of heavy metal mining involved. I disagreed with this, but I wanted some more evidence uh, to show that I might be true. So I wanted to get your opinion on uh, if that is actually true. So if you could, that would be great. Thanks. Love the podcast. Bye. Matthew, I found an old statement from Tesla, but it only applies to Model S and Model X, and it's this, quote, Tesla does not use rare earth metals in our batteries or our motors. Typically, rare earth metals apply to DC motors, which use magnets. One of the reasons we use an AC induction motor is it does not require magnets, which often contain rare earth metals, end quote. Now, the Model 3, as you may know, does use permanent magnet motors, 
but they are as efficient as possible, and I honestly was not able to find whether or not they have any rare earth materials in them. But I can tell you for sure that Elon Musk has said that in the future the, uh, of, of battery technology at Tesla, the next generation of Tesla batteries, the goal is to not use any cobalt, which is another material that's often cited by critics in their argument about why they think electric vehicles are not as good for the environment as companies like Tesla say they are. Uh, remember, too, that Tesla batteries are almost entirely recyclable. They have been since the Roadster. So those metals that are there, that if, they, if they're there, they can be used again. Uh, J.B. Straubel, the chief technical officer at Tesla, has spoken about that at multiple points in the past. <clears throat> Pardon me, the past. So, Matthew, I hope that helps. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to Eric in Australia. He got to go see the Model 3 in person on its big uh, Australian debut. I was hoping to hear from an Australian or two, and here is Eric. Thank you, Ryan, and congratulations on your Model 3. This is Eric Levin, back in Australia, just two days after the Model 3 went on display here, and too late for your last week's show. As one of the first on the planet to place a reservation in the Sydney Tesla store, my wife and I were super excited to see the car in the flesh and so headed to the Sydney store on Sunday. The Model 3 is really amazingly balanced design. The car looks so good from every angle and so much better in real life than in any photos or vids that we have seen. We too are waiting for the red with white seats and luckily for us the display car in Sydney is the multicolored red but with black interior. Over the past two and a half years, we have occasionally wondered if the car is worth the wait, but that question has now been answered. Definitely worth it, even though we still have most likely close to a year before deliveries will start here. So happy that you got yours and looking forward to hearing your experiences in the spirit of adventure. Cheers and safe travels. Thank you so much for these impressions, Eric. Australian Model 3 reservation holders are going to be, really by no choice of their own, some of the most patient reservation holders in the entire world. So it makes me happy to hear that seeing the car and experiencing it in person renewed your resolve to wait for it. Uh, I can tell you that based on my experience with my car so far, the long wait is well worth it. So cheers. Also, a uh, shout out to David in Brisbane for calling on calling in on this topic as well. Next up, our friend Bob from Austin. Two more calls, the penultimate call here. The honor goes to Bob from Austin, uh, who talks about a couple different topics here. Autopilot and a potential flaw in it is one of them. And the long wait, speaking of, the long wait for your Tesla being his other topic. Bob, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. It's Bob from Austin. Uh, first of all, on your new car, uh, congratulations for you. And I imagine that you've experienced something that most of us have that it's hard to describe until it, you feel it. And that is once you finally get your car, all is forgiven. When we ordered our Model S, we had to wait two months, and that seemed to be forever. I cannot imagine how long it seemed for you. But the day we picked it up, it all went away, and it was great, and all that waiting was worth it. Anyway, reason I call is there's an article in Wired Magazine 
which talks about why Teslas keep hitting, as they call it, the stopped fire trucks. The examples of Teslas crashing into stopped cars on the highways. And it's a nice discussion of the way the radar works, that the radar is designed to detect other moving objects and does so very well. And that's why it works so wonderfully in stop and go or the autopilot lane keeping traffic. But it's not designed to detect still objects and react to them properly all the time. In fact, the Tesla manual and other car manuals say we're not designed to stop for a stationary object. If you're going down the highway and a car in front of you pulls out of the lane because it's avoiding a stopped car, your car may or may not stop. It's something all of us recognize, but some drivers don't seem to. They see a cop stop car ahead. They say, I'm not worried. My Tesla will stop. And it doesn't sometimes with sad results. So just pay attention to the manual, pay attention to driving, and remember you're in charge. Your car is not driving itself everywhere all the time. It does have some wonderful capabilities, but you have to remember what they do and recognize its limitations. I never come up to a stop sign with stopped cars and say, ah, I'm not worried, my car will stop itself. I always take over, slow down, and I have a safe and comfortable trip. Happy motoring. Thank you for the call, Bob. It's great to hear from you again. I think you make a really good point about the level of sophistication that the current autopilot system has. It's a lot relative to everything else out there, but it's not what some people think or wish it is yet. Now that I have my car, uh, I've actually, I've been asked about autopilot by a lot of various people in my life. And the explanation that I've been giving them for what it is and what it does is I've basically been saying that it's cruise control on steroids. You know, it, it sees the lines in the road and the cars around it, and it follows the car in front of it, if, if that applies, and or it stays between the lines. I mean, that's, that's basically it. No more, no less. It doesn't read traffic lights. It doesn't manage intersections or anything like that. I still think, and I'm going back to something that I said on this podcast a long time ago, that there should be a mandatory training video that you have to watch on your car's center screen before you're able to use autopilot for the first time. And as a semi-relevant aside to this, remember that Tesla switched the autopilot system to be, and I'm not talking about AP1 to AP2, I'm talking about, remember, they, they flipped it to be a primarily radar-driven system with support from the cameras Whereas before the Joshua Brown accident, it was the other way around. Now, I'm not making any judgments whatsoever here. I want to be super clear about that. But I do wonder, as a curiosity, with you know these, these fire truck mishaps that seem to be popping up from time to time. You know, it's been more than one, so it's a little strange. But I, just, just as a curiosity... If the old system, the camera-first system that was supported by radar, if that would see things like stationary fire trucks or whether it would make a difference or not. Bob, thanks for calling in. Our last call this week, the honor goes to our friend Lawton from Chicago. I believe Lawton, if I remember right, I think he's sort of my original regular caller, like the first regular caller that I ever had. And I'll always appreciate Lawton for that. Uh, he's been with me for a long time. Great to hear from him. He calls in here uh, about uh, Elon Musk's maturity, even if the even if the privatization thing is uh, is no longer on the table. But let's hear from Lawton. 
Hi, Ryan. It's Lawton from Chicago. Wanted to comment on the topic of Tesla going private and Elon's recent New York Times interview. I completely agree with your thoughts on episode 159 regarding Elon's New York Times interview and the need to reduce the pressure on Elon. While this is a crucial time for Tesla in terms of ramping up mouth production and sustaining profitability, Elon's long-term health and happiness is of the utmost importance. The past few months, I've noticed the increasing maturity of Tesla. Its aims include the efficient creation of the J4 line at minimal cost in a sprung structure to focus on all pilot features and safety rather than a one-time flashy demo of cross-country self-driving. Taking the company private would be another mature decision as it puts less pressure on them to perform quarterly and instead allows them to focus on the long-term growth of the company. I'm glad to see Tesla starting to delicate responsibility to, to put less pressure on Elon. Another Silicon Valley company you may have heard of, Apple, had success with a similar approach. Steve Jobs used to do entire Apple keynotes by himself, but over time, he started to have senior team members present their areas of expertise, just like Elon did on the last quarterly earnings call by involving members of the autopilot team. Hiring a dedicated chief operations officer to help take the burden off Elon makes perfect sense. One of the keys to Apple's success was the expertise of then-COO Tim Cook to make production more efficient on a massive scale. Hopefully, the right COO will allow Elon to focus on the long-term direction of the company and less on daily operations. While Tesla is making great progress in building the machine that builds the machine, the most important part is its human heart and soul. Tesla is at its best with Elon being Tesla's heart and soul for years to come. Thanks as always for terrific podcasts and continuous support of the Tesla community. Look forward to your thoughts. You know, Lawton, I think the Apple comparison is a fair one in this case. I would say that Elon and Tesla, though, have it even harder than Jobs and Apple did 10, 15 years ago, though, because not only is social media uh, a, a force in society now, which it was not back then, uh, you've got basically social media is out there ready to judge and execute any public figure for any reason instantaneously. Uh, so you've got that. But then also the automotive industry is, uh, with all due respect to Apple, a much more high stakes game than consumer electronics. Uh, I agree that a great COO could really help Elon get more done by taking some of those operational things off of his plate, a la Tim Cook, as you referenced. Thankfully, though, at least we've got J.B. Straubel as a great chief technical officer. Hopefully, Tesla can find another complimentary piece to fit in on the executive board. Thanks, Lawton, and thanks to all of you for calling in. Again, I really encourage you to participate if you are so moved. If you've got a Tesla question, comment, discussion topic, want to react to something I said, something one of the other callers said, and keep the discussion going, you can either use your smartphone's voice recorder, record something, email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can call in anytime, leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, the toll-free number once again, one 888 989-8752. Be right back to wrap things up for you, do some plugs right after this. I'll start by mentioning that we are running out of time on free unlimited lifetime supercharging. So if you have an intention of ordering an SX or Model 3 Performance, you've got until September 16th 
to get that order in and use a referral code to get the free unlimited lifetime supercharging because after that it's going to drop down to a free unlimited year and then go and then you'll be pay per use after that. So uh, why not use my referral code? If uh, why not? It'll get <laughs> we both win. So uh, if you're doing that, if you're ordering, my referral code is Ryan73014. Give that to your sales advisor. Or if you're configuring and ordering online, you can just type this into your web browser, ts.la slash Ryan73014. That'll take you to the design studio where you can configure an S, X, or Performance Model 3 with the code baked in with that unlimited lifetime supercharging baked in. A reminder, you can follow me on Twitter and or Instagram at DMC underscore Ryan. The email address once again is teslapodcast at gmail.com. What else can I tell you? Ah, the Patreon. If you get a lot out of the podcast and you see fit to support it in any monetary way, uh, again, it's from whatever you want to do. It's totally optional. Uh, you, there's a couple perks in there, but I'll never take anything away. It's, you know, this, there's one tier that's got, you get early access to the show, which this week is going to be late Thursday night. You got it. Uh, there's the getting your name mentioned tier. There's the monthly bonus episode tier, etc. You can just check out all the information and decide for yourself if that's something uh, that you want to do. It's patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E. O-N. As for the Patreon producer tier, those folks get their name mentioned each and every week. I want to start with a shout out of the newest Patreon producer, and that is Cookie at ev-alliance.co.uk. So thank you so much, Cookie. We've also got, of course, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Para, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenschein, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Peter Chalet, Harold Plug, Kenneth Martin, Michael Callahan, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Stefan Joris, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Ketafuki, Brian Hope, Rick Sinta, Bill Royko, Scott Gillis, Lyle Austin, and Joel Sapp. Thanks to all of you so much for your continued support on Patreon. Uh, Of course, there's Abstract Ocean. Over there, they've got all kinds of Tesla accessories. Lighting kits, those cool puddle lights that'll project down the logo of the Tesla logo of your choice down onto the ground, which will look super cool at night. I'm, uh, I'm getting ready to actually do my order because, like I said, I'm going to do the original three horizontal lines Model 3 logo. Uh, so you've got the coupon code RTL Podcast. Use that at checkout to get 15% off of your very first order, abstractocean.com there. And then Immaculate Reflections, they just finished up with my Model 3 So uh, I can speak from the heart and say, Jeff did a heck of a job. Car looks amazing. I'm going back for my my follow-up. I've got to get my, uh, once I get my spoiler and badge, we got a ceramic coat, the last panel. We're not putting the ceramic coat on at his advice because it's so slick. 
that I'd rather not try to put the badges, the badge and the spoiler, over a super slicked out surface. So uh, still waiting to do that. Uh, that'll be hopefully we'll just I'll let you know when Tesla ha- tells me that the the spoiler and badge are are ready to go. But uh, yeah, irdetailing.com if you want to learn more about Immaculate Reflections. If you're either in the Bay Area, the greater Bay Area, uh, and or you're taking delivery in Fremont or somewhere else in the Bay Area, and that's uh, Immaculate Reflections would be a good way to go to consider your detailing needs and desires. I think that is everything. Uh, subscribe, again, free thing just to get, get the show to you. Each week, rather than you going to go get it, iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts. Apparently, uh, Google Play, uh, Google Play Music. There, there's been twice, two of the last like four episodes. There's been a problem on their side. So, if you, I guess, if you're a Google person, a Google Android user, maybe consider checking out the Google Podcasts app. That, that's fairly new. I, I hear good things about that. But anyway. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. That's uh, TuneIn, of course, in, is in the Tesla, Spotify, or uh, the hosting site where you can grab individual MP3s and or the RSS feed. Is That's found at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. That's enough blabbering from me, I think. <laughs> Another hour-plus show this week. Happy to be with you. Um, just, you know, I'll tell you, I really just been, I've been driving this Model 3 around that I waited so long for, and, and I emotionally invested so much into it, and financially as well, of course. But it's really been amazing so far. It, I'm, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to have this and to be part of this and for all of your support. Again, whether it's whether it's through Patreon or again just just for listening, just you know tweeting me or, or just 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 even downloading and checking out the podcast that you would you would again give me some of your time, your valuable time uh, by doing that and and hanging out with me for a little for you know an hour to an hour and a half each and every week. I sincerely appreciate it. I'm I'm just I'm trying not to take any of this for granted is what I'm trying to say. I I try to do that in life in general. You know, there's a, I'm so lucky and blessed to have a lot of great things in my life and great people, and um, and and I just I try not to I try not to take any of it for granted. I'm a human being. I think I get guilty of it from time to time, but I always do my best to stay grounded and stay aware of of all these great things in my life. And this podcast is one of them, and the car is one of them, and and it's been awesome. So thank you all for being a part of this with me and and helping make it possible. I sincerely appreciate it. I really, really, truly do. And with that, I send you off. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you all back here next week. Oh, quick reminder, the September Patreon-exclusive bonus episode with all those great extra phone calls that I can't get to during the regular weekly shows, I'm going to be recording that, or I guess by the time most of you hear this, I'll have recorded it. (laughs) It should be up because we got the three-day weekend, so it's a good it's not only the right time anyway, but it's a good excuse for me to have the time, set it aside, and get it done. So if you're uh, if you're at that tier on the Patreon, uh, take a look for that September bonus episode this weekend. Anyway, happy electric motoring, everybody, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.